and welcome to Oh Wow the Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host Augustine, and today we're getting into Season 3, Episode 2, Cook. Now I'd like to preface this episode by saying I know sometimes my family members enjoy listening to this podcast, which is delightful, but this is definitely one to skip unless you want to be permanently traumatized. So yeah, just click away and come back next week when we talk about Thomas and that'll be much better. But if you're not my family, then stay tuned because you'll get to hear my perhaps controversial thoughts on this episode, which is primarily that it is my least favorite episode of the entire show. Cook is basically an insufferable demon from hell for 45 minutes of my life that I can't get back, and no amount of pudding cups and THC vapes could have made me stomach watching him destroy everything and be a complete jackass. Now, I know that a lot of people are Cook apologists, and I respect your opinion and implore you to perhaps wait until next week to listen because if you really love Cook, I'm kind of going to bash him a lot, so it may be upsetting to you. But he's pretty objectively terrible this whole episode. I kind of soften up to him later on in the show, but this episode is just like, I can't. So we open to Cook, JJ, and Freddy drinking vodka walking down the street And we find out that it is Cook's 17th birthday, so happy birthday to Cook. He's getting started bright and early with the drinking, and they go to Fish Pond's Tavern, there's some letters missing, but that's the name of the pub, where we meet Cook's Uncle Keith. And this seems to be the role model in Cook's life, this grimy little gremlin dude who opens up to Freddy and JJ saying, hey, pull my finger, and like, he's just really crude and greasy. But Uncle Keith gives Cook drugs, so Cook likes him, and this Uncle Keith has like a really big personality. He's really brash and loud and over the top. I would say that like this family, as far as we've met them, is like your typical Boston residents, (laughs) in my experience. Just really loud and aggressive and like obnoxious. I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm allowed to say that. So JJ is sort of the voice of reason in the room and Cook's like, oh, Uncle Keith, he's such a legend. And JJ's like, who is he a legend to? Which is pretty good. And Cook's like, oh, me and, you know, Christine at the bar. And he's a legend. So we see that this guy is clearly someone that Cook idolizes, even though everyone else can see that he's a loser. It's kind of like in BoJack, where Princess Carolyn dates the guy who's actually just like three kids in a trench coat, and everyone else can see it, and is like, um... How are you not seeing this? That's kind of our perspective as the viewer of this episode. Like, we're part of everyone else seeing that what Cook is doing is really lame, but he thinks it's really cool, and the people he idolizes think that behavior is really cool. The girls show up to the pub, and so Emily and Katie 
and Effie and Pandora are there. They join the boys. And I was just thinking, man, how are they drinking so early in the morning? But in my teenage days, I definitely remember chugging pina coladas at like nine in the morning and eating a bunch of weed butter for breakfast and just getting the party started super early. But in my now sober, mature, wizened years, I look back and think, wow, no one's going to feel good by dinner time. They're literally just drinking beers awkwardly. It's not fun. There's no music or anything. It's just like awkward binge drinking and cooks acting like a toddler just pounding on the table demanding more drinks, more drinks. But they're really cute wearing the little party hats like Pandora with her pigtails and the party hat is cute. (laughs) Since JJ does magic, as we learned in the first episode, he does a cute little trick where he turns a glass of water into a glass of water with a goldfish in it. How does he do it? I think it's nice that JJ is into magic, and it is a good party trick. It really livens the mood. Of course, Cook just grabs it and chugs it down and swallows the goldfish because he doesn't give a fuck. It's really gross. It's so disgusting to watch that Pandora actually throws up on the table, and then Cook climbs up on the table and sniffs her vomit, which, like, I've seen some shit. I have seen a lot of shit. I have seen gross things happen. I've seen people eat roadkill intestines, and I've never seen someone sniff someone else's vomit to guess what they ate. Naomi shows up to the pub, and there's awkward homophobic rhetoric from Katie, and we still don't really know what the deal is. This subplot is my favorite part of this episode because it gives me something to cling to that isn't just me being like, wow, Cook, you're really gross, and like, maybe you shouldn't do that, and you're kind of a fucking asshole. This subplot of Naomi Lee starting is so beautiful, so I am gonna talk about it a lot. To break the tension of Katie and Naomi, Emily pulls out a cake she baked because she's a sweetie pie, and the cake also looks extremely good, and I really want some, but I can't have any because Cook just takes fistfuls of it, Matilda style, just scarfing down this giant cake. Again, it's very sickening to watch. Everyone's just like horrified. And we really see that Cook is overindulgent, obviously has an addict's brain about things, and that he's really entitled too. Like he's so rude and callous to his friends, and he's just so entitled to whatever he wants. He thinks he should just be able to take it. And that is like the absolute antithesis of anything I enjoy in the world. So it's really gross. Everyone agrees that the party sucks too, because it's like, why would it be fun to just watch your friend chug beers and shove cake down his throat? I would be mad. I would want a piece of cake. I want a piece of the cake. Like, come on, man. You're like, just going to eat it in front of everybody. So they decided to leave the pub because it's pretty boring, and Cook overhears Freddy on the phone with his sister Karen about an engagement party, and Freddy's saying, no, I don't have any drugs. So Cook, the light bulb, goes off above his head, and he's like, we gotta go to this engagement party. This is where we see that Cook isn't just an idiot 
out of control, but he's also very calculating and he's actually pretty smart. He's very manipulative. So that's a dangerous combination because Tony was the manipulative, cunning, conniving type, but he wasn't violent. He didn't have a big temper. And Cook is basically Tony, but with an out-of-control temper and just zero impulse control, whereas Tony was really into self-control and discipline. And as Freudian as it sounds, I think that Cook and Tony's overlapping personality traits impact Effie's relationship with him and why she might feel more drawn to Cook than the other guys at first, just because... He is sort of a familiar personality type, although even more extreme, which maybe she would find attractive, and we'll kind of talk about that later towards the end of the episode. So Cook shows Kaylee, the person who's getting engaged, and Karen that he has drugs, which is what they were looking for from Freddie. So they let all of the kids into the party, and so Cook's managed to manipulate that situation into his favor which just feeds into his ego and his confidence like it did for Tony before the bus hit him. Inside the party, we find out that Johnny White, the gangster, is Kaylee's dad, so the stakes are a little bit high right off the bat. There's a funny moment amidst the not-funny drug-snorting scene in the bathroom, which is just kind of how it goes, pretty standard fare, but... Cook's like, who wants drugs? And Pandora's like, I do. And Effie's like, what? And Pandora says, I've decided I love drugs. And this is kind of part of the Pandora uprising. That's what I'm going to call it, where Pandora starts acting out, I guess, and having her own rebellious phase, I think, inspired by Effie, like I said in the last episode. So everybody's just like getting fucked up in the bathroom stall. They ask him what this drug even is, and he says, oh, it's a hallucinogen mixed with uppers and downers. (laughs) Uh, But Pandora doesn't know what to do, so she just chugs the entire Ziploc bag of drugs, and it's a fucking lot. It's like a fist-sized amount of powder in there. Not a good situation. Unfortunately, I fucking did that once when some friend of mine handed me a bag of a drug and said hey have as much as you want of this so I went into the bathroom and I just swallowed an entire mouthful of it I call that night a tale of two Alex's because there was a small altercation I went home with one Alex who then brought me to another Alex's house and what are the odds right Sobriety is a beautiful thing, we live, we learn, and occasionally we Alex. Getting back to the topic at hand, we flash to Cook with Freddie and JJ in the party, and Cook tells the boys that he's already shagged Effie and that he did the first night he met her. Poor JJ is crushed by this, and he's so sweet. He's like, I think she likes me. What the fuck did you do that for? 
So you're really rooting for Freddy or JJ, basically anyone to end up with Effie other than Cook because these other guys seem decently nice and Cook is so obviously not. More pressing, we have to get to the Naomi of it all when Emily is chasing after Naomi outside of the party. Naomi's leaving and Emily is wearing the most Zoe de Chanel. She gets Bristol's best this episode. She's wearing a red cardigan over a white blouse with green nautical shorts over tights and you guys know I have to point out the shorts with tights because it's a power move to wear it in 2021 I will never stop and Emily is rocking it especially with the sailor shorts oh my god those are so unflattering on everybody they look fine on her but I remember them being horrible they have a little bit of a confrontation I guess outside and Naomi says why does your sister think I'm gay and Emily says sorry so that's implying that Emily has thrown Naomi under the bus for something that happened and said no like she's the one who's gay I'm not gay and that's why Katie thinks that Naomi was coming on to Emily too strong or whatever all of it is like this predatory lesbian trope that I hate but whatever it's giving us something to work with so we're gonna get more into that over the next season and a half things are not good between them at the moment cutting back to inside the party johnny is up on stage making a speech about the newly engaged couple even though the groom-to-be steve heston isn't even there because he would be violating his probation terms if he were to attend so that says that this guy's obviously a great character. But this whole wedding is basically to bring together these two families that have historically had beef with each other and had a lot of fights. So hopefully this union between the kids will fix the issues and everyone seems on board to live in coexistence and peace. Since Cook is trying to get more drugs, he calls up Uncle Keith, who comes through on a little moped, making rude comments again. Cook grabs the drugs, and I'm wondering at this point, what's up with Cook's parents? Why is his uncle seemingly the only adult in the picture here? And we don't find out in this episode, but I also don't remember if we find out later on what's up with Cook's parents, but something to keep an eye out for. He tries to get in with Kaylee because he has the drugs and she's like, no, you have to impress me if you want to fuck me. So what does Cook do to impress her? He gets up on stage to do some karaoke and just like make a joke out of the whole event. Basically, I don't really see what's so bad about it other than he's being rude, but definitely maybe in like British culture where people are trying to be more uptight I guess because in America I just don't see what he's doing as being considered rude like people would think it was fun (laughs) but Johnny is absolutely mortified that he's putting on a show like this we also see here that Cook's level of partying and intensity makes Effie look tame and up until this point Effie's been the out of control crazy you know hardcore party girl and she's made it look so cool and effortless but seeing how cook acts actually 
makes Effie just look like a little kid who's on drugs. So it's really putting in perspective that she's not this femme fatale boss girl, whatever. She's just a kid who's trying to be cool and there are people who are way more dangerous and violent out there who are just overshadowing her. Johnny's so outraged by Cook's disruption of the party that he actually grabs him, has his two goons hold him, and smashes a bottle over Cook's head, and Cook's just bleeding all over his face. Freddy shows up to be the apology guy, and we see that that's his role, basically, in Cook's life, is to be the apology guy, to make the situation better. Sort of like Sid with Tony, but on a completely new level. Johnny misspeaks, basically, and tells the goons to drop Cook because Freddy's apology was pretty substantial or whatever to Johnny. But the goons drop Cook into the cake. The cake splatters everywhere and gets all over the other family that they have a rivalry with, which, like, instantly fuels the rivalry. Starts a big brawl. There's just chaos. Cook looks... Like, he's having his Joker villain story origin moment. He's just sitting up on the bar with his face covered in blood with this, like, toothy smirk, and he's just laughing into the chaos. The group flees the party, leaving the brawl to escalate, and they stop in a graffiti-filled tunnel. It's very late in the night, as we can see, and Cook lights up a cigarette. He starts harassing the girls, saying... Who wants to fuck me basically and all of them are like no you're disgusting and he tries to manipulate Effie into staying with him that night because he figures she's a sure bet because they already fucked and I think we're supposed to feel like oh don't underestimate Effie because she's not going to be told what to do and you know, whatever, but it's like, it's just gross. The whole scene is just really pathetic and gross and manipulative, and Effie looks so uncomfortable, so I feel bad for her, and she just leaves, and so it's just the boys, and Freddie says, man, I'm going home. I'm done with you, and Cook is like, what do you mean, and Freddie's just tired of being the apology guy who makes the situation right and looks out for Cook, and this is going to become more and more of a problem as the season continues, because Cook is just out of control and Freddy's his biggest enabler. It's always okay to do what Cook does when he has Freddy there to clean up the mess, but how long is that gonna last? Well, Freddy's kind of good at being an enabler, so he sticks around as we see, but for now he's like trying to leave so he says he's done for the night. He walks away. We can kind of tell that they've done this song and dance a bunch of times, too, because neither of them really seem phased by this argument. And then JJ says he'll stay with Cook for the rest of the night, because what else is JJ gonna do? Again, Cook just manipulates and takes advantage of JJ being more naive and not really knowing that everything he's doing is really fucking lame. Cook takes JJ to, it looks like a townhouse, so it seems to me that it's a brothel and private club in one. There's like the red light out front. And the sex workers at this place are amazing. I always love Skin's representation of sex workers because I feel like it's so accurate for the most part. The girls are always absolutely amazing. 
and Cook is pressuring JJ, just the typical like toxic masculinity shit of like, what are you, gay, blah, blah, blah. Of course, we see that Cook is a terrible client. He's broke and the sex worker just laughs at him, laughs at his penis. They negotiate on a hand job rate and it's pretty gnarly, as you can imagine. Cook's hand job noises are disturbing. And JJ goes into the private room with the sex worker that he's supposed to go with and he says he just wants to kiss because he's never kissed a girl before and it's very cute and then there's a funny moment so cook overhears johnny getting whipped in the room over so he like runs in to grab jj and sees JJ kissing the woman and the woman's like oh I can't charge you for a kiss and JJ goes really she goes nah all right how about a tenor and I just was like fucking amazing that's so good it's gold so yeah Cook and JJ walk in on Johnny getting spanked and whipped on a St. Andrew's cross and She leaves and Cook starts punching Johnny, fighting with him, just like he's just out of control. He loses his shit on Johnny. He's seeing red and he gets so violent that he almost punches JJ. And that's when you can see that not only is JJ terrified, but Cook actually scares himself. You can really see it on his face that he's not even in control of his actions at that point. Johnny sees this weakness in Cook because it is a huge character flaw to have no self-restraint and to lose your temper like that, it's gonna fuck you over in life. So he says, listen kid, next time I see you, you're dead. And Cook leaves and tries to go make amends with Freddy and they go out to the shed behind Freddy's house, which just makes me think of, you know, teen boys. I spent some time in sheds doing drugs. Very cool. Very cool to do drugs in a cold, shitty shed out back. But anyway, Freddy continues to kind of be an enabler because he's like, oh, Cook, you need to stop doing this. I'm not going to support you. And Cook just says, but we've known each other forever. We've been best friends since we were kids. And then Freddie just kind of shrugs and ho-hums and says, okay, like, but this is the last time. I mean it. It's just such typical enabler behavior. And you just want to watch Freddie actually have a backbone and say, uh, no, dude, get the fuck out of here. I'm done with your shit. But no, Freddie just sort of caves into it, as it seems that he usually does. Cook basically says that Freddie has to always look out for him just because they've known each other for so long. He needs Freddie to take care of him. And Freddie obviously resents this, but he doesn't have the internal strength to actually set the boundary. He just continues to be an enabler. So... Cook leaves very satisfied with himself because he got away from Johnny, he's back when with his friends, everything's looking good for Cook. He has one moment where he's walking back and he thinks that he's getting shot at, but once he realizes that he's not, he just like continues on his merry little way and that's where we end the episode. 
So there you have it. I'm sorry if I sound like a negative Nancy. I'm trying to just be funny and have like a little bit of sass in this episode because obviously there's value in watching it. We get to see so much insight into the relationship dynamics of this cast and I think that's really valuable and see a lot of people's strengths and weaknesses. If I remember correctly, next week we meet Thomas, who is a delight. He has a sharply contrasting temperament to cook, I would say. So I'm excited for that. And I just thank you guys for listening. It is fun to hate Cook. We love to hate the villain. And that's what he's setting himself up to be at this point. So lots of fun. Definitely write in your thoughts on Cook one way or another because it is all just in fun for this show that we love so much. So yeah, thank you guys. I hope you all have a beautiful week. I'll be back next week. Stay hydrated, stay cool. Follow the Instagram at oh wow the podcast and I always post on the Reddits and the YouTubes. Okay, have a good week everybody. Thanks. Bye.